Luke 4, verse 28 to 30. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, Jesus that is, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he, but he being Jesus, walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Welcome to Debbie DeVries Ministry Podcast. Now each week I systematically walk us through a portion of scripture in order to help give us a greater understanding of the character, the undeniable presence, and faithfulness of God. Now Jesus was in the synagogue, a place where local Jews got together in order to hear the reading of scripture and teaching on the passage that was read. It's actually something similar to what our churches um, look like today. Now, in today's account, Jesus heads to Galilee to teach, and then from there he goes to the place where he grew up, which was Nazareth, and he heads to the temple. Now, a little side note. If there was ever anyone who didn't need to go to church every week, I think it would be fair to say that it's Jesus, but yet we are told in the passages just previous to this that it was his custom to go each Sabbath. Jesus made it his custom to get together with God's people for worship, for scripture reading, and for teaching. He set the example. What's our attitude towards church? It's a great question. Jesus made it his priority to be there. Is it ours? Great question. Now, the scroll of Isaiah is handed to him. The scripture is read, and then it's explained. So Jesus read from Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 2a. That's what we would know it as. Know it as. Um, and, and this passage prophesied that the Messiah would come. He would have the spirit of the Lord on him. He would be anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. He'd be sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and give recovery of sight for the blind. He would set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of of the Lord's favor. Now, after reading this verse, these verses, as was customary in that day, the one teaching would sit down and the listeners would wait to hear what the teacher says. All eyes are on Jesus. He sits down and he says, Today, this scripture, Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 2, has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, the time that the faithful people of God have been waiting for, it's here. The time is now. God's salvation had arrived now. The blessing of God, the blessings of God were apart, were being poured upon the people today, Jesus is saying. This is what he's saying. Now, the people listening were conflicted by what they were hearing. They knew that Jesus grew up in Nazareth. They know his parents and they watched him grow up. And here he is, placing on himself the Isaiah 61 passage. He is declaring that he himself is the fulfillment of the one Isaiah prophesied about. Now, bottom line, the people of Nazareth were were definitely amazed by Jesus. As they knew he performed miracles, they heard about them, and it's interesting to note that they did not dispute what they heard. They believed these miracles happened. They were also astonished by the way he spoke. A carpenter's son, speaking with such gracious words, it was astonishing. But what they wanted 
was their own miracles. They wanted what Jesus did in other towns to be done in their presence as well. They wanted Jesus to show off his stuff, if you will. They weren't too interested in him being the Messiah. Now the problem is, and the book of Mark fills in more details for us, but the problem is that Jesus already did many things, and many things that proved that he was the Son of God. However, the things done by Jesus weren't enough. The people of his hometown weren't willing to accept him. Well, that was until he did more and more and more miracles for them. It's interesting to note that despite that despite all the works, teachings, and signs that Jesus performed in order to show that he was indeed the promised one, the people in general would not accept him as the Messiah. They wanted miracles. But rather than be amazed by who Jesus is and follow him completely, the people are amazed at the miracles and they selfishly want more and more to meet only their physical needs of health, hunger, and thirst. Now, Jesus compares the people of Nazareth to the people of Elijah and Elisha's day. They understood exactly what he is saying here. They are being told that they are spiritually in trouble. He compares them to one of the weakest spiritual periods in in Israel's history. He also tells them that the Gentiles... The Gentiles who were hated by the Jews and were considered not worthy of God and his blessing, well, they would receive God's blessing. And the crowd is ticked. They are angry because they are being told that there is something wrong with them. The request for miracles is denied. And seriously, God loves the Gentiles too? You see, their itchy ears are not satisfied. This Jesus didn't do what they wanted him to do, and he certainly didn't say what they wanted to hear. Now, the story concludes with the people of Nazareth not taking what Jesus said to heart. They don't ponder, they don't self-reflect, and they don't go back to Scripture. They don't go back to the prophet's words to see if what Jesus was claiming could possibly be true. If only they had. If only they had. Instead, they responded as Herod did, who tried to kill Jesus when he was just a baby, and he failed, but he tried. And these people, they rise up, and they drove Jesus out of town. It is their intention to throw him off the cliff. But think about it. Jesus walks right through the crowd. They can't lay a hand on him. He walks right through their midst unharmed. Oh, the power of Jesus. No one, no one has the power to take his life. No one has the power to control him. Jesus walks away from this murderous mob. The people want a miracle. And they actually got one. He escaped. He simply walked right through the middle of them. And not one of them, one of them, not one of them could lay a finger on him. It's interesting that they're not astonished by this. Mob mentality had no power over Jesus. 
Jesus allowed the crowd to drive him out of town, but not off the edge. You see, because Nazareth was not the place where he was going to die. When the time was right, he did, however, allow, allow another crowd to drive him out, and they drove him out of Jerusalem. And this time, he allows them to, na- to put nails in his hands and feet to a cross. You see, Jesus is always in control even when things seem wildly out of control. Now, as always, there are so many things we could talk about from today's short passage and the surrounding passages, but for today, there's just one thought, one that I want to leave you with, a thought to ponder. I am awe-struck by Jesus' power. You don't mess with them. In today's passage, I read the description of his escape. This is a picture of Jesus' sovereign control. In every situation, he has sovereign control, even when a mob wanted to kill him. When you turn on the news, or when you read the paper, how easy is it to get discouraged and feel that things are spinning wildly out of control? And when Jesus came to earth politically, things were a mess. Religiously, things were a mess. Those interacting and watching Jesus, how out of control do you think that looked? Those who loved him, watched him being beaten, stripped, killed, and buried in a grave, how out of control did that look? They had absolutely no idea at the time that it was only a borrowed tomb. The question is, is do you and I believe that the same Jesus who was moving towards something and was at all times in control the same today? Do we believe that he is still sovereign? It's a great question, one that requires some soul searching, not just a quick yes. Where does this podcast find you? In some ways, are you struggling with the feeling that the world around us is spinning wildly out of control? It's not the first time, and it won't be the last time either, that it seems like things are spinning wildly out of control. You see, but here's the thing. Jesus is no less in control today than he was here in Nazareth. The question for me is, will I trust this? No matter what my eyes see, or no matter what the news tells me. You see, because Jesus is still moving forward, there is no person or situation that has control over his plans back then, today, or tomorrow. Not even the masses or an angry mob of people can stop Jesus. He is unstoppable. When things seem wild, chaotic, unbelievable, I want you to ponder one thing with me this week. Jesus is sovereign and he's in control. He is all powerful. Nothing will stop Jesus from fulfilling his purposes. Nothing will hold Jesus down or back. Nothing surprises him. Nothing, absolutely nothing is too much for him. He walked right through the crowd and he went on his way. No man has power over him. Not even the grave could keep him in. He walked right through and he went on 
his way. And he went on his way in order to make a way for you and for me. Jesus is all-powerful. Jesus is sovereign. And Jesus, my friends, is still and always will be in full control. I'm so glad that you were able to join me on today's podcast. You can learn more about me and my ministry at debbiedevriesministry.ca. It's my desire that through this podcast, you are drawn into a deeper relationship and a clearer understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, as we spend the time to get to know God the Father and Jesus our Savior as revealed through the Bible. I would love to connect with you. My social media links and email address can be found on my website. Let me know if anything I've said on the podcast has made a difference in your life. Leave me a review or shoot me a a personal email. But until we meet again, keep reading, keep reading on, and grow in your relationship and your love with God the Father, Jesus, His Son, our Savior, through the Holy Spirit. Amen.